0: The following program contains scenes and language of a frank and explicit nature. Viewer discretion is advised. Oh, hello, creeps. Um, where are the, uh, rules? There's only one rule. Are you ready? Here it is. There are no rules. Go! Welcome to The
1: Noise Report, a podcast about music, movies, books, and other random assorted pop culture. Hosted by the music guide CJ Plane coming at you live from the house of fuckery. Welcome. Now let's start a riot. Now let's
0: get out there and melt some basis!
1: And today, it's another episode of the Noise Report on the Music Got CJ playing. You know what we do here? We laugh, we have fun, uh, we talk a lot of shit basically, and we interview very awesome people. Uh, over here today, we are going to be talking to a group uh, that I was recently introduced to uh, through uh, Darius and those guys, and um, totally blown away. Uh, to the point that these guys are the first group to ever make me revise my end of the year list. Um, <laughs> I've never done that before. Uh, but their record was just so damn good that I could not, um, not include it, man. It was so damn good. And um, a couple other ones actually popped up late, too. And that's really weird because normally end of the year, you don't get stuff that's good enough, but, uh, uh, this is, a a group, they're called 80 Empire, uh, guys, introduce yourself, and, uh, give us just a brief intro on you guys.
0: Absolutely, man, Adrian and Lucas. Yeah, 80 Empire, you know, originally we grew up in Toronto, Canada, now we live, uh, in, close to Niagara Falls, um, close to the border, not the Windsor-Detroit border, but close to the Buffalo, uh, you know, Buffalo, New York, and Niagara, Canada, um, Border, yeah, man, we've been doing music a-, a long time, and shout out to Darius and the fellas, um, for connecting, uh, our music to you, CJ, and thank you for having us on, uh, on the Noise Report, man, G- good to be here.
1: Yeah, like, when he put that up, man, the uh, first thing I noticed right out of the gate was, like, song number one, you have, like, my favorite hip-hop artist of all time, which is KSR1, um, yeah. So that was immediate, like, okay, I got to hear this. But then you run down the list, and it's like the most insane list of people. Um, Nems. You got Nems on there. Nems is, like, my favorite right now. Yeah. I love Nems, dude. Like, Nems is just. Yeah, Nems is just. I love Nems because he's so fearless about the way he talks trash. Like, he doesn't even Absolutely. care but he's funny about it, you know, And he's, his, his skill set, man, is just unmatched by the majority of, of artists these days. Absolutely. And, um,
0: yeah, and, we've, been, and we've been fans of, of NEMS for years. Like, yeah. Adrian, Adrian, Adrian got me on NEMS, so we, we did a song with him in 2019. Yeah. We shot a video and shit, you know, uh, uh, with another artist uh, from Buffalo and shit, and you know, we know him as a battle rapper, and then when he, you know, was putting out an album. But you know, when I heard the track "Garbage," you, you know, yep. your whole that's garbage. Yeah. You, you know, and, and Tim Boots is still one of my favorite joints. So,
1: yep. You know, having him on this on our album is dope. But we've been you know fucking with Nems before. Yeah. You know the viral thing. Yeah. Happened, yeah. That shit, which is great for him because he's been doing it a long time. So you know, he, he just shows like us, like you know what I mean. There's there's uh, there's always there's always the time where you can, you you know, you can have your your moments, you know? Yeah, uh, Jelly Roll. I don't know if you're familiar with Jelly Roll. I've been promoting Jelly Roll since back in, like, the 2000s. I booked a show with Jelly Roll in, like, 2004. And to see him blowing up now, and everybody's like, oh, Jelly Roll, Jelly Roll. And I was like, dude, Jelly's been around forever. Absolutely. You know, like, Nems is the same way. Like, Yeah, like Nems has been around for a minute, you know, and a lot of these, yeah. some of these dudes that are just getting, I guess, starting to blow up. It's
0: well, you know, you know, you know what's dope. What I find and I think what's what's what's, uh, I I I always say this. I think what what I love what Timberland and and
1: um, uh, Swiss Beats did with the verses stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's
0: hip hop. The hip hop that we we love. You know, and a lot of anthems and icons has a lot of that. You know, some of that, mm-hmm. that boom bap style to it. Yep. Um, it never died, but in the in the quote unquote, you know, popular world, it, you know, for for a good chunk of years now, hip hop's been 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 real hip hop's been silenced by a lot of mediocre yeah. stuff. Yeah. And and I'm not gonna sh- I'm not gonna be one of those to shed on every trap song. That because J no. Cole is amazing and he has a lot of. Trap records, Kendrick Lamar has trap records, but there's what? a there's a good way of doing it, and then there's the wacky way of doing it. Right, and a lot of the wacky shit has taken over. Yeah, but what versus did because of the pandemic has allowed a young generation to to look at these artists and and go, oh fuck, I didn't know if you didn't know KRS One was right you're under a rock, but if
1: you didn't, right, that's okay. Now you're going.
0: Who the fuck is this? Oh, that's yeah. Jadakiss. You don't know who
1: Jadakiss was? Right.
0: No, Jada is this da, 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 da. The locks, D block blah, blah, blah. So it's opening up these, and, it, the, they're, you know, and kind of what, you know, the joke is what Fat Joe's saying, yesterday's price is in today's price, because what he's what this has done is, is brought back real hip-hop, because in a yeah. time of, of social unrest and pandemic, people don't want to talk about getting crumped. And I, I think also, also, you know... Sort of cut you off, Luke. I think also what it's doing is hip hop is probably one of the only genres that you know the the youth and the young don't respect the architects who built yeah. it. You have what? an Iron Maiden shirt on in rock. Yeah. Rock is different, man. If a young rock group has an opportunity to work with fucking Iron Maiden or Metallica or Bloody the Beatles or Pearl Jam, like they're gonna be like, holy shit. Right, you know, like if, if 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 um if if bloody Keith Richards called called a young rock group up and said, "Hey, man, I want to play guitar," they would be like blown away. Where hip hop is like,
1: "Nah, man, you an old head, man, you old man." Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> right, so right. The the verses, I think, what it's doing, it's bridging
0: the gap. Yeah, from, from yeah. this younger generation who just the first time they're listening to music is on an on an iPhone. The first time we all listen to music was on bloody cassette tape was on vinyl was on cd and so they're consuming it in a different way and absorbing it so these versus things are making it more like rock mm-hmm. where it's more like young rock kids have respect for the old for the for the for the godfathers of the mm-hmm. shit and i think hip hop because of this sh- shit it's changing the younger generation is like you know because we have like like I'll tell, like an album we put out last year, we had Masked to Ace on it, we had Conway the Machine on it, a bunch of people, B- yeah. BG Knockout, um, Crooked Eye was on there as well. Um, but I remember a friend of mine, um, her son, who's like early twenties, texted me, and I didn't even know this kid had my number. He's like, "Yo, your record came out of my release radar," and it's like he's a twenty-year-old. Like he he wasn't even alive when to Ace was out. Right, know? right, but. I think it's it slowly, like, we're unveiling the onions of ignorance, musical ignorance, and younger kids are starting to respect, even in hip-hop, the older shit, because it's right. great, you know? Yeah, I mean, there's... Good shit is good shit.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's there's really some... There's some super talented young kids out here. I don't call them kids, I guess. But there's some talented newer artists as well that yeah. I think because of... YouTube and the way they've utilized it and different things. You're seeing like Merkley's, for example, um, yep. has been really successful with and then crossed over. Um, whether you agree with his message sometimes or not, Tom McDonald blows my mind. The, the way he has been able to utilize YouTube is just crazy to me because it's like, how the fuck is this dude who... Has no backing, no labels, no nothing. And he's just racking up YouTube views like it's insane. And 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 it's just him and Nova, man. It's like, you know, and it's like, theoretically, they say you shouldn't be able to do it. You know, but he's literally just breaking every rule that's supposed to exist for it, you know. Um, I'm a huge fan of like Vinny Paz. Vinny's probably like my favorite behind KSR one because I love Vinny's got that voice. Like when you hear Vinny, you know it's Vinny. There's no mistaking.
0: You know what? I, I don't want to shoot anything prematurely, but we might we might produce some. Um, I was just <sighs> having a DM conversation with him on Sunday, so it's not out of the realm. but right. I don't want to say it's you know. I don't like seeing. I don't like putting the cart before the horse, but right. I do think. In we're, we're, ta- we're talking about tracks right now. Yeah, yeah.
1: that would be crazy, dude. Did, like, I'm gonna throw a name out day. to you guys. I don't know if you know who this dude is. I, I'm sure you probably do because of your work with Swifty. But there's a dude in Detroit. His name is Fat Father. You guys would be like fucking crazy. Together, like uh, his real name is Shabazz Ford, and he is so right now, damn like, good, dude. He works for Foul Mouth yeah, uh, Foulmouth, and them guys. Yeah, F A T T. He is so damn good, and he would just absolutely kill one of your tracks. Like, his shit is so, he's one of my favorites behind Royce. I get into a lot of trouble talking about Detroit hip hop because when you talk about Detroit hip hop, automatically everyone wants to say M. And that's cool. It is what it is. I'm not personally a huge M fan. Like his stuff doesn't connect to me. Royce, I'm a massive fan of Royce, Fat Father, Aztec the Barfly, um Kid Vicious, who I know you guys have worked with. There's so yeah. there's so much talent in detroit that you know swifty and and conniva and i could just literally go on and on and on that i guess it annoys me a little bit when everybody only wants to talk about eminem you know and it's like dude there's so much fucking talent here
0: i agree And, and i think like like you know Speaking of Swifty, like we have a, a second, yeah, uh, sophomore album that that's coming out next year, probably spring summerish, with Swifty and pretty much done, just you know fine tuning it and some trinkles and yeah things Maybe. like that. Close to thirty new songs with Swifty, Close, yeah, nice. Uh, yeah. And it's incredible. Yeah,
1: and he's really <laughs> talking about his story. Yeah, and he goes, "Man, you and your brother really brought this the
0: story out of me to talk about my history, and I feel." that and i don't blame Eminem, per se because no, he I, gave old, you yeah. know like he gave those guys you know an opportunity and <sighs> a platform but at yeah. the same time a lot of them haven't been able to now they have personal projects right but they were we were never able to really go oh fuck he's like swifty's dope like yeah. when you hear him song like he's deep man like you know on these tracks and some of this shit like he has detroit life part 2 coming out uh, in, in January, we did uh, two tracks on there for it, it's some deep shit, like, yeah. uh, you know, Caniva has deep shit, like, yeah. they all got their own thing, so I think it's, like you said, like, it, 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 you're right, like, like because it's, it, he could maybe overshadow it, you don't get a chance to, but like, even like, like Kid Vicious, like, Kid Vicious is, is dope, I mean, yeah. The, 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 there's a lot of Montgomery boys that are talented, like, like Crook and I and his, and all his brothers in, in the shoe gang, like, There's some really talented MCs there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's a group out in L.A. And again, I don't know if you guys have heard them. I love them so much. Uh, They're a group called Villain Park. Oh, yeah. Villain Park is another one that I hear those guys, and I hear so much talent in that man. And I'm like, damn. This is a group that could really bring, like, West Coast stuff back to prominence because... They've got that like sort of exhibit feel, but they've got that kind of bone thugs flow sometimes and then there's so many elements to their sound. And they're young younger kids or younger dudes who you can tell that they know they know the foundation of hip hop. Like you don't get that sound and that skill set without knowing where that all come yeah. from. Um I'm studying a bit. So um like I said there's, there's a lot of young younger cats out there that are doing it the right way um and I'm happy to see that there's still there's still people that do care and are yeah. aren't just doing it for clickbait they're not just doing it for youtube views and yeah. and whatnot and uh you know it's I love hip hop man like I grew up as a son of a truck driver, I grew up listening to country and southern rock and Bob Seger. But then, you know, you get turned on to metal and punk. And then I had friends that turned me on to, you know, you got to... Ice-T was the first one I was turned on to. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'd never heard anything like Ice-T. Well, the second thing, the same kid who turned me on to Ice-T handed me this thing. He's like, man, you got to hear this one. And I, I was like, okay, what is it? He's like, make sure, you know, you listen to it in private. It was the too short life is too short and that blew my mind cuz i'd never heard anybody rhyme like too short like it's like yeah. damn dude is just talking mad shit like um but you know that led to listening to like paris and ksr1 and public enemy and and all of these other amazing artists from that era and um you know i still say It's a hill I will die on. Uh, Naughty by Nature is one of the most underrated hip-hop groups.
0: I think you're right, man. Um, I I agree with with you. Tretch's wordplay. Yes. They're not not into getting an like I mean, just like he was so intricate. And it's funny not to bring up Eminem, but you mentioned Eminem. Eminem, like, even cited Tretch as one of his influences, right? you know? I I mean, I give M credit. I I think they're really underrated as a
1: girl. I give M credit. M M knows his hip-hop thing. M is a lover of the art. I give him credit for all that. And I don't, I'm not trying to shit on Eminem as an artist or anything. I get it that, you know, look, there's room for everybody. If you don't like one thing, then you like, you you can just love something else. You know, not everybody is going to love or understand KSR1. I've learned over the years as a white dude, I get a lot of shit for listening to Paris. When I say that, people are like, wait, you're white. Why are you listening to Paris? Because he's fucking awesome. He's kind of the West we Coast. That's Paris what I'm saying.
0: My name. Don't sleep. Like-
1: yeah, like people think because of his political slant and all of that, that I won't understand that not coming from that. And I'm like, I don't have to understand it i don't even have to really agree with it i just have to feel it and you can't listen to paris and not just sit there and kind of just bob your head because it's got that west coast funk uh the coup is a band you know when you listen to the coup come on you can't not love those guys and you know that i
0: think and you know what man and i think it's true like you said like being white like obviously we're italian canadian right you know but it just like like, James Brown, like, say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud. It's one of my favorite songs of all time, you know? Um, and, you know, we don't know, my brother and I have the luxury, you know, we've always, we've been beneficiaries of black culture because we grew up listening and right. having such an appreciation and love of black culture, but we get the luxury and the white privilege of walking on the street being dressed in hoods and caps <laughs> like this, but not being busted, by accosted by the cops, but yet still... There's the message in, like, James Brown or Public Enemy or Paris or NWA or Nipsey Hussle yes. that still resonates with us. And even though we're not from South Central or even if we didn't grow up, you know, on Seven Mile with the, you know, with the Eight Mile Sconeys and the BK and the 7 Mile BK, like, we still have an appreciation for the foundation and the storytelling and the right. struggle. And I think, like, people, regardless of skin color, ethnicity, um, uh, what your passport says – we all relate as as people to struggle. And when something's authentic, you, shit, you gravitate
1: to it, man. Like, yeah. I mean, you do. You just, I know there is music that, um, a record that I listen to all the time, and it's kind of completely off the beaten path. Uh, 1983, when I lived in L.A., my mom dated, we got a condo, and my mom dated the guy next door. He was a history teacher uh, for the L.A. school district, and he had this, massive collection of vinyl, all kinds of stuff, rock and funk and and all that. And it's going through it, you know, it's where I discovered Prince, it's where I discovered a bunch of stuff. But one record that he had that I love more than any record, I think, and has stayed with me, is the Midnight Star record, No Parking on the Dance Floor. And I don't know why that record has always stayed with me as a record, but it just... Again, it has so many has so many textures, layers as a record. So we have a story about. I'm going to let my brother tell the story. We have a story about
0: Midnight Star because we also <laughs> have that album through my dad. Yeah. my Dad used to go to this. Jamaican I want. I will to give you a ticket.
1: Yep. Could, so Watch get it with <laughs> it, Dan. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so, tell the story, man. Well, so our, 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 when we were younger,
1: so that right. was a few years
0: ago. Uh, uh, no, we uh, we had the opportunity to open up
1: for Midnight Star. Oh, get out of here! That's <laughs> uh, incredible. That would be incredible
0: incredible nuts. I found I actually the Theater, at a place called the Capitol Theater around Young and Eglinton. I, I actually like found the photo. I found the photos, and what had happened was they. One of the, their keyboard broke. Their Trinity. It was a cork Trinity okay. with a keyboard,
1: very popular one. A lot of like Neptune's, like, like used. I mean, when you mm-hmm. listen to some of the, the even this, the, the,
0: the sounds that are on there, you can pick out so many '90s hip hop, early 2000s hip hop. Mm-hmm. And um, they were they were shitting their pants because they have you know their at the time was floppy drives. In, in, or little discs in, in, you know, with right. older setups. You could use any keyboard. And they're like, what are we going to do? Keyboard's not working. And I said, well, I got, I got a Trinity at home. I'll go get it. Now we lived with the traffic was like 35 minutes away. You know, uh, sometimes it could be 25, maybe it's 45, you know. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, but that's a, that's a ways back. I go, no, nah, don't worry. We like you guys. Well, they wanted here. to pay us and we sent yeah, away. So we, we brought it back and they go no we want to pay I'm like I don't want we don't want your money Right I appreciate it I go just and they
1: were just so yeah like shocked and admire like really you guys I go you yeah, you guys are midnight star like Right you know Like we wouldn't be here without you guys man on. like who
0: who didn't uh, make it love on the dance
1: floor. Yeah nah,
0: nah. People don't. Yeah.
1: People don't understand, I think, or they don't realize that that era of music, whether it was uh, DAP, whether it was um, Trout, R- Roger Troutman, uh, George Clinton and P Funk, Bootsy, um, Earth Wind and Fire, Midnight Star, Atlantic Star. Uh, Lakeside, they don't, I don't think they realize or understand how influential that sound was. The, not just the bass lines themselves, but those bands had an ability to write songs that were catchy as hell. And, you know, like, I I remember Coolio, when Coolio come out with, you know, that song, I yeah. immediately knew, oh, that's the old lakeside, you know, and, and on, yeah, so, you know, and I was just like, that's cool, you know, my little one, <laughs> we were watching something the other day, Bootsy Collins come up, and he said, who's Bootsy Collins, well, that was down the rabbit hole, because then I had to, you know, it's, I can't have a kid who doesn't know who Bootsy Collins is, you know, that's... That's Bootsy, man, like, so I had to show him all the videos, and he's over there, he's like, okay, okay, I get it, and he's trying to walk away, and I'm like, no, no, come here, you gotta, you know, there's more Bootsy, um, so I'm trying to explain that, you know, all the reasons why Bootsy is fucking phenomenal, uh, to this nine-year-old who just wants to go play his video game, so, <laughs> but, um, yeah, man, like, you're 10 now, you weren't then, Hush. Um Your but guys' record, about, though, man. The foundation of West
0: Coast. Yeah. A lot of that's the foundation of West Coast bass lines. Beats. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. um, the reason why uh, Bruno Mars' 24K Magic album yes. had such success. Because guys who could appreciate the music from the, the funk music like that of the 80s and shit, you know, in the late 70s, that was, you know, he recreated all that in that album. So, you know. For for people who don't know the music, they're like, "Ah, oh, this is great!" For us, we're going, "No, I, I can respect that. That shit sounds vintage. Like right. you went, you went real on that. You showed, you showed respect to the, the originators with the music, you know."
1: Yeah, your record, man the the anthems and icons one, which is the new one. The reason it made me change my list and put it on there is it is more than just the features. It is so cohesive, man, like, between the the song structures, the melodies are meticulous. Even with, like, some of the hardest verses that are on there, the music is so soulful, so well put together that it just flows flawlessly, man. Like, I Thanks. was... I was so blown away by it, man. I was like, "This shit is—it's a great record, man." Just thank you, um, thank you. And
0: it's—it means a lot for us. That's why we do this. You know what I mean? Like, we could already see within the first ten seconds, ten five minutes talking with you, like you really know your music. You know, so
1: (laughs) that's why they call me the music (laughs) guy. Yeah,
0: man. So for us, it's just like to have someone like you, who you know. Um, you really know music. It means a lot to us because that's why we do it, man. We really wanted that. You know, listen, we all think our shit is great, right? You know, but we really did feel when we put this together that it was really great, and we also put it together through adversity, like that first record with Karis One. I wrapped that shit with with a collapsed lung, you know, because I went in the hospital with COVID, and in May, basically the whole month of May. I was in the hospital fighting for my life. I had the tubes up my nose. I had blood clots in my legs and my chest, um, pneumonia, pleurisy—like liquid in on my lung—and then still came out. And we still finished it. And my brother and I were like, "Nah, man, we gotta finish this shit." Like because I could, cro- I could have croaked in May. And we're like, you know what? <laughs> nah, man, we gotta put this shit out. Yeah. So I think that gave us the fuel to just finish it, and I think gave us the power, like to just just to give it that, like the final sprinkle of, to make it, it what it, what we think we accomplished. You know? And also, it also too, like, like what you said, CJ, like we, we, we come from, you know, an obviously an era of hip hop, mm-hmm. like hip hop, but, but like Midnight Stars. And, yeah. And, and, and these types of Marvin Gaye's and Stevie's where, where, why can't you add a bridge? Exactly. In a Rap song, like, like, like Fallen Angels. You know, we have Crooked Eye with, his, with his, his powerful words, and then Adrian's, you know, singing the hook, but then in the, the bridge, there's a bridge. Right. Fuck, what happened to bridges in music? Like, you know, like, we wanted to to bring that to this project where it, you know, the rap song can have breakdowns where it's not just, you know, a two-minute song nowadays. Like, some of this trap shit, it's fucking not even three minutes. Right. And it's like, and it's the same loop. They don't even, like... Sh- they don't even add things and, and, and cut out some drums to make some, some like some, you right. know, some, some, uh, what you, you know, some M going like, yo, like, let's, let's go back to some of that where, where, yeah. where you'd listen to certain hip hop records. You were like, Oh shit. I love that part. You know, that, Oh, when, when that part comes in or that, yeah. that sound, you know, so that's what we wanted to bring in the fact that you, you, you picked picked up on a lot of that that's exactly what we wanted for people who really know music outside of people that just love it. But people who really study it can pinpoint like, like what you did there with the, the reverb because you, you you know, or yeah how you broke it down there, that kind of thing.
1: I just look, I'm not super technical when it comes to being able to tell you, okay, you know, this has got echo on it, reverb, all that kind of fancy stuff. Um, but I've got, 1.7 million songs in my musical library of every genre known to man. Reggae, punk, metal, jazz, blues, uh you know, thrash, extreme stuff, hip-hop, um you know, roots rock, all that kind of stuff. So I listen to so much music. I love, one of my favorite things, I love good mashups. Or even before mashups, you know, back in the day when they used to do the mega mixes. That, to me, was really kind of the epitome of talent as a DJ because to be able to mix all of those songs and styles together and to make it flow endlessly and to sound good, whether you were at a party, whether it was at a club, or whatever, but the talent to do that, that always blew my mind because you just never knew what some of them were going to pull out. I mean, they could pull out Boogie Down yeah. Productions. They could pull out, you know, Old Journey, Don't Stop Believing, and they could pull out Earth, Wind, and Fire. They could pull out Manhattan Transfer, or you just never knew, and they would throw all of these crazy elements in there. And you'd be singing along to it because it was stuff that you heard your parents play, it was stuff you heard on the radio, it was stuff you knew personally. And like I said, now you see these younger kids, these mashup artists that are taking super popular songs and they're mashing up these songs that you wouldn't even begin to think about putting together Creator and Willow Smith, uh, Rat and Marvin Gaye, ACDC and in in uh, Deadmau, you know, and it's like, what the, hell? how do you come up with that? Like, cause it's like, I love music, but I would never think about, hey, let's put Round and Round by Rat, and I heard it through the grapevine with Marvin Gray, and let's like make this super cool mashup. I wouldn't even begin to be able to think that was possible. Yeah. And you have like, you know, Wax Audio over here, who's just fucking coming up with the most insane shit. But it sounds so fucking good, you know, that yeah, it's like, absolutely. holy shit, bro. The technology that is available now to do that is, is crazy.
0: I think, and, and I think that's what we want to do with our music, like with instruments and icons and even with the stuff that like, even when you hear this project, we have a Swifty coming up called Gray Roses. It's very eclectic as well. And there's like, Certain choruses and things that you would never think. Mm-hmm. Um, like we start. I don't want to give too much away for the album, the the second album with Swifty, but the album starts with gospel, and I'm singing gospel about Swifty's life growing up on Seven Mile. Nice. Yeah, you know, I say shit like Seven Miles to the Mama's House. Um, no, 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 I can't take my throne. So, and and Lucas is doing like a very churchy Oregon Baptist style organ underneath so it just like us as well like we grew up listening to so much yeah music and influenced by so much so i think that like, you could hear it in our music like we're very you know there's a little bit of sprinkles of all these influences in our in our stuff you know and i think that i think it makes a project more interesting that's why back in the day I love that movie Judgment Night with Dennis O'Leary. Yes. And they did, like, the soundtrack was like Pearl Jam doing a song with Sir mix a like, Biohazard
1: Nonix. <laughs> yeah, man, it was so bloody, it was so cool. That, that soundtrack yeah. was rap and rock. And it was I'm so cool, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it had uh, Ice-T, Ice-T, Motorhead, and a Slayer together on a song, and it had... Um, Got some of the other ones. I had uh had Primus and I think Dead Presidents were together yeah. on the song. But yeah, that's what I'm talking about though. When I say like mashups like that or yeah. weird combinations of you know, I was lucky. I got to see the very first Lollapalooza uh where basically Ice T uh where the where he debuted um body count. And then walked off stage for like five minutes, and then come back and did the hip hop thing, and that was crazy because at that time we knew you knew Run DMC and the Beastie Boys were the two main ones that had mixed like rock and hip hop, but i c took it to a whole nother level with Body Count. Man, like yeah. nobody had heard hardcore with hip hop like that in. Oh. And he brought
0: it to another level.
1: Yeah. And it was so crazy. And then it just exploded from there with like, you know, Rage Against the Machine come along and, and then like Rap come along and all of these other bands. And it really is, it's crazy what you can do now because I, I make the joke. The great thing about technology is anybody can take their love of music and record what they hear in their head. Uh, Unfortunately, everybody can take technology and record what is in their head. (laughs) And some of them shouldn't be within 50 yards of a microphone. Agreed. But, you know, I mean, it's the good and bad of it. Like, you know, being able to do this, I know that I've got to interview some of my biggest heroes and, it is surreal. Cause I know even you guys growing up, I could have never dreamed of getting on Zoom and interviewing Drazy from Dazy Facts. The best I could have hoped for is to write a fan letter, send that in, and hope to get like an autograph picture or some shit back. You know. Yeah to be able to drop a message in the messenger and be like, Hey, I'd like to interview you. And he comes back. Like, oh yeah, man, let's get this done. And then boom, you're talking to him and to realize this is a dude I had posters of on my wall. You know, this is a dude who is a fucking legend. And you're sitting here talking to him. Like you've known each other forever. Um, oh, yeah. It's surreal and crazy. And it's it is. fun, you know,
0: it really is, man. It it really is, and it's just like, yeah, like the same thing. Like, you know, we're on two journeys. You're in the podcast world. We're in, we're in, in, you know, making music, and it's it is surreal. Like Lucas and I, sometimes, you know, because you know, we do this all ourselves. Like we have a partner, Will, but like this is all us, man. Right. In terms of like, we're producing all the music. We're making it. We're singing it. We're rapping it. We're sending it out to people. Lucas is mixing and mastering. Like we're doing so. We're wearing so many hats. And so it's just, like, when you finally have a chance to sit down and, like, listen to the whole project, we're like, shit, man, we got Dub C on our album. Like, skip, skip. Like, you know, like, we got <laughs> right. more, like, 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 and so it was, like, and, and, even, you know, even, like, with the Giants interlude, Theo Rossi, you yeah. know, all the of Anarchy, all of this stuff. And it's just, like, and such a kind dude. Like, just yeah. on the Instagram, we had an interaction with him at the top of the year. He goes, hey, guys, man, I already know about your legacy album. Fan of the uh, of the album. And then he started following us. And then, you know, whatever, like you reply to, a, uh, reply to a story here or there. And then I just hit him up and go, listen, man, we have this record with Corrupt and MCA, Walk With The Giants. I don't want to intrude. I don't know. Would you be down? We'd love to, like, he's, like, sent him the record. He's, like, this is fucking badass. Yeah. He's like, hell yeah. And he does a podcast too. He yeah. does it with the guy, I think his name's Kim Coates, the right. other guy from Sons of Anarchy, yeah. who's a Canadian guy. They have, yep. a, they have, I think, Anarchy podcast. So he goes, on and I do my podcast. I want to record it there. like, And so not only did he record it, but he recorded it in an actual studio and gave us like six, seven versions of the same, I call it, We call it an interlude. I like calling it a soliloquy, you know, like, like, but he did these seven and it's just like my brother and I are like, shit, you know, five years ago, I was watching Sons of Anarchy with my wife passed out on the couch and now Theo Ross and then watching him in Luke Cage. Yeah. Like now Theo is like, yo, like blessed us with that. And it's, it's surreal. It's just, that to me is worth more than someone giving you a, a physical gift, Yeah. you know?
1: yeah the memories the same, dude same,
0: same story with like with like with with a lot of the guys that are on the project like we were just having this conversation that a friend of ours who actually shout out to matt he, there be monsters he does uh uh all the artwork for us, and he hadn't had a chance to hear the full the full project and when he listened to it uh, again like yourself as a as a hip hop fan music fan he went like. He goes, man. Everybody bought their A game. You know, sometimes you listen to hip hop, and you feel like sometimes the verse they dialed it in like they they you know it was like they, they paid them for the verse, and they just do a verse on a on a song, and you don't you don't feel it. He goes, everybody on the album really I really feel like they brought their their game, and it's cool when you hear guys like Dub C, you know, saying it's more than a feature. Like when he says that, like my our friend Matt was like. I heard that. And he goes, I fucking got excited because that shit's like Westside Connection. That's Ice Cube. That's Mac 10. Yeah. That's, you know, his brother passed five years ago. You yeah. know, and he goes, The fact that you and your brother are together doing music, me and my brother did music forever. He was Ice Cube's DJ. And he goes, I got inspired by the music, except like because it was tough, but it was soulful. But then knowing that you guys are brothers, it, me and my brother grew up right. doing music together. So it hit him. It hit him in a personal way that he wanted to be a part of the project. That meant a lot to Adrian and I. It's coming from fucking like in the on the record he says original seawalker like we're talking about some real real motherfuckers who've seen shit, done shit and they respect us because of what we're what we're bringing to the table. You know, it's it's honesty, it's 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 real. We're not trying to fake the funk. We're not trying to act a certain way. We're just lovers of the music and the culture and, and are trying to bring add to this culture and bring you know our our world you know our music to it right so it was it's been been great in that way a blessing
1: yeah it's like i said man it's this is getting back to 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 the record it's like i said it's a flawless record man i um i normally make my for those of you not familiar with it um i do my year end list generally about the first First between the first and the fifth of December. Um generally because a lot of stuff in December that comes out is just kind of it doesn't really have that mass appeal to it. Um but for some reason this year you guys, Remedy, who is a a woo affiliate and you know worked with Ghostface a ton, and then uh cannabis all dropped records like the second and the third week of December. And it was like, yeah. God damn it. Like, y'all gonna make me revise my list, man, because I can't not have these records on there. Because Remedy's over here. He's got Ghostface. He's got Raekwon. He's got Method. He's got fucking uh, Jiza. He's got like pretty much the whole Wu Tang clan on there in different yeah. spots. And it's like, you know, and Remedy's a badass himself. And I was like, all right, how can you not have this on there? And Cannabis you got to put on there because it's fucking cannabis, you know, and cannabis always says crazy shit. Um, but you guys, though, man, like I said, just completely out of nowhere, man. Like, I would have never known without Darius and them guys because for some reason I'd never been introduced to it or I'd never come across it. And um, I guess that's weird because I listen... To almost all of the people that y'all work with. And the fact that I hadn't come across your stuff is kind of crazy to me. Like I, you know, like I listen to all of these artists. So um so two other names that I want to throw out to you to see if you're familiar with them. Um just because there are two more people I think would be awesome with you guys. Uh the first you probably know of because you work with Grisweld and, and all them guys uh, is a female out of Buffalo where you guys are called Shay Noor. She's dope.
0: We'd love to work
1: with her. Yeah. Yeah. Just, it's funny
0: she just popped up in my
1: feed. Yeah. Uh,
0: and I
1: thought about it. Yeah. i yeah. Shay is next to Sirach. Shay's probably my favorite female MC like right now. Like um, the other one is another Canadian group. Uh, they're called the Snotty Nose Res Kids.
0: Personally, but i know them yeah. yeah
1: i love what they do man like their shit is so tough sounding like it just has this i mean it's hard it's hard as hell sounding but it just has this vibe and element to it man that just is absolutely man Look, i mean we have so i
0: mean obviously now we're really pushing this album right. and, and- we want, to, we want to give every song. There's 17 songs. Right. We really want to give every song attention. But then we have a project with Swifty. We have a project uh, which is done. It's just like little sprinkles here and there. Mm-hmm. We have a project with uh, C-Knowledge, Doodlebug of Digable Planet.
1: And it's nice. super
0: jazzy hip-hop. Like, we have this horn section from, uh, they're called Brassaholics from New Orleans. And, like, they drop live horns. Like, when they sent us the horns, my brother and I were shitting our pants. We're like... Holy shit, this is so good. Yeah. You know?
1: Um, And then some other projects with some, you know, like we're doing something with John Connor. Um, oh, oh! I fucking man. love John. John, see, John hits close to me because I grew up in Flint myself. I grew up just outside of Flint. Spent a lot of time in Flint. Uh, attended Flint Northwestern High School. I was the only white kid in the entire school. Um, And... John, I connect to John stuff because one, being from Flint, I know what he's talking about. When he talks about, Flint is like no other place on earth, okay? If you've never been to Flint, if you've never walked those streets, you don't understand how fucking tough Flint is. Like, Flint is on a level of hardcore that you can't even put into movies, Flint Northwestern, there's a McDonald's across the street. It's so bad over there. McDonald's has bulletproof glass. Like you walk in there, you put your little shit through the drawer. They put your little shit on a little turnstile and hand you your Big Mac, do that damn thing. Like I've never been anywhere in the country and I've been to 47 states and 14 countries. I've been to Compton. I've been to Dallas, Houston, New York, Miami, Atlanta. I've been to Harlem and Long Island. I've never been to another city that had bulletproof glass in McDonald's. And when I walked in there, that fucked me up. I was like, "Fuck y'all, pop me at man!" Like, I'd gone into party stores that had it, but not McDonald's. Like, yeah, like the crazy. fuck y'all doing over here? That McDonald's got bulletproof glass? Like y'all up in here robbing Big Macs? Like? <laughs> You know,
0: that's um. crazy, man. That reminds me. We went to Cincinnati once, this whole month
1: yeah,
0: a while back, and we we're working with this producer, Angelo Ray, who he like, um, he produced like Kevon Edmonds, Babyface's Brother, and a bunch of people. Yep. Um, and we went to a Popeye's chicken with him, and there was a security guard with a gun. And being from Canada, like, we've never <laughs> seen that, like, a security guard with a gun out of Popeye's, and and he's like, yo, man, he goes, I'll be here in line, order my number two. And the motherfucker will come and rob the place. And they're just like, man, I just wanted my combo. But yeah. he's like, so it was like when we were approaching, they recognized Angelo. They had never seen us. Yeah. And they see these two guys. And, you know, my brother and I could be anything, man. Like, we could look Arabic as right. well. But they, these two guys that didn't look like from there. They're lo- and, But it was just, yeah, man, we, we had never experienced uh, and we've been to some tough, we've been in to some tough cities and hung around some tough places, but Cincinnati was pretty tough. Like there was a 12 year old girl. She looked, couldn't have been more than 12. Luke, what did she say to you when we were on the street? And, and yeah, it, it, she said, uh, give me a dollar and I'll show you my, you know? Right. And I was just like, what? <laughs> like, I'm like, I, and I, I just couldn't, yeah. couldn't process it. Somebody that age.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. Like, there are some hardcore places, but Flint, like I said, w- when John talks about that stuff, when he raps about the, the stuff like that, it's it's real. It's very real. You know, a lot of people know Flint because of the water thing, sure. but it runs so much deeper going all the way back to as long as I can remember, um, you know, I mean, it was crazy, like, why I ended up in foster care on the north side of Flint, I never understood. I never got a straight answer. Like They're like, well, we just have to putt you here. And I'm like, look, you're telling me in the state of Michigan, there ain't another foster home you can put me on. You got me up, you know, in the blackest, most dangerous neighborhood. And you got this 14-year-old white kid who grew up on a 400-acre farm who the closest thing to black folks that I had ever seen at that point was the Cosby's on TV, you know, and then it was like, okay, well, you don't have to go to Flint Northwestern. You go to Flint Beecher. All right. Well, look, I was a smart kid. I knew I was going to get my ass kicked. So it was a question of I could go to Flint Northwestern, which is two blocks down the road from my house, or I can go to Flint Beecher, which is a mile and a half away. I'm a lot fucking closer at Flint Northwestern to run like a motherfucker to get to my house than I was from a mile and a half away. So, like, look, you can kick my ass a lot less in two blocks than you can in a mile and a half. Um, But I was lucky because I actually I got to meet Jake the Flake, and Jake kind of took me in and showed me a lot of stuff and made it to where I didn't get my ass kicked all the time, you know? Um, So... I've always been appreciative for that, and um, Jake and the Dayton family and John Connor, those guys have a a very special place in my heart because of all of that. So, um, mad respect for working with John, man, because John is another one. He's a class act, man. He's a a beautiful person inside and out.
0: Like, like talking to me, spiritual,
1: he... he an honest dude he,
0: he does it because he loves
1: the, the yeah
0: you know and he's a and he's a we, we now we call him we're a, he's a fellow NWO for life he's a wrestling fan so yes when, when I told him like Adrian and I are I said you know we, we appreciated the Generation X but we're, we were fucking NWO yeah. he's like oh no he goes my yeah. NWO brothers now yep. like we were NWO like you know so yeah,
1: yeah John he, is a he, he, he
0: good yeah he's a you classy know, dude man and just yeah man we Lucas and I, man, we have a connection. Like, one of the first rap records that, that we did, we produced and we featured on that, like, you know, got got attention when Obi put out his third studio album, but he left Shady. It was a record called Battle Cry. We weren't called Eighty Empire back then, but on the credits on the album, it's produced by Lucas Retza featuring Adrian Retza. Um, so Obi was the first one, man, to give us, uh, really give us a, a, a break. And listen to our music, and then we you know we met Swifty, and then through Swifty we ended up doing a full project, had a song in the yeah. Devil's Night Nine Rouge, did La- that work with Laz Detroit, then produced some shit for Swifty, put out last year Detroit Life, and we produced a record for him and Trick Trick.
1: Yeah, Trick Trick is yeah. Trick Trick is is a whole nother story, man. Like trick, People don't understand Again, if you're not from Detroit, you don't know Detroit culture. If you don't know the name Trick Trick, Trick is on a whole nother level, man. Like people hear the legend of Trick. People hear people talk about Trick. But again, if you're not from Detroit, you don't know Detroit hip hop, you don't understand. Trick Trick is serious business, man. Like that is one person you don't. (laughs) Fuck with, <laughs> like, you know, like, um, there is a song on, and let me look in here real quick because there's a song you did last year, um, that is on the record you did with, with Swifty, um, and I gotta I gotta open the folder real quick, um, um. I think it's the um, the one where he's talking about his his sisters and his mom and all of that. I think it's is it hold on, I'm thinking of maybe. Oh, hold on. I'm just to it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yes. that song, man. Again, it is one of those songs that is so fucking catchy, but the message at the same time is so yeah. deep. Like like you said earlier about Swifty being deep, and it is though so, it is one of them records that proves that there's so much more to him than what you would normally see or what gets said in the media or, or stuff like that, and um, it's why I brought up Fat Father because Fat Father again is somebody who he's very much like Swifty in a lot of ways, like he. You know, he's very proud of being a dad. He calls himself Soccer Dad. That's his new record. Um, So he'll get really philosophical and deep. But at the same time, he'll flip it. And it can be some total street shit like, damn, like, okay, this is real Detroit grimy shit. Um, So, you know, working with Swifty and all that, I think Swifty and, and, and Fat Together, man, would And I know Swifty knows who Fat is because Fat Father's been around forever. Uh, He's worked with... um, I can never remember his name. The Goofy One (laughs) from D12. Uh, Bizarre. Bizarre. Bizarre, yeah. He works with Bizarre a lot. Um, You know
0: what? I think... Holy shit. Now that you're saying Fat Father, is is he big like Bizarre? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Big dude, yeah. And he kind of does
1: kind of some like horror core stuff too what yeah when yeah when uh him and bang belushi together um yeah and king gordy did some yes. stuff together that was a little I mean, bit no, horror no, no, core you know
0: what that's who i'm thinking of i'm thinking of king,
1: Go- I'm oh, thinking of king well, Gordy. yeah king gordy's good but fat father king fat father looks like the twin to king gordy like they look so much alike um it's it's easy to mix them up, but yeah, Fat Father, dude, I'm telling you, listen to his new when record. Done, when
0: we're when we're done the podcast, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go look. Yeah,
1: his up, shit up, is yeah. his shit is so nice, dude. Like, I I don't recommend garbage. I promise you, I would never recommend
0: no, man, wax shit to you. You're a connoisseur. No, you're, um, you're a real You're a connoisseur you know. of music. L- listen, CJ, man, when we put out the album, um, it'll be in spring, mm-hmm. summer with with Swifty you got to come back on again, man, with Sweetie, yeah. and, and, and we'll, we'll I'd love that. We will talk about
1: the album uh, with him, man. I would love that, man. Yeah, um, we'll do it. So to wrap this up, tell everyone, where do they find you guys? Where do they find this record? Where do they find your music, uh, your your earlier music, um, videos, merchandise, uh, all of that stuff? Where do they find everything about AD Empire? Yeah, I mean, everything, you could go to our...
0: Our Instagram, eighty empire, the number eight zero empire. You could go to our Twitter, eighty empire underscore. Uh, you could go to our website, triple w. Facebook eighty empire, Facebook eighty empire, uh, or the metaverse, whatever. The Skynet, I call it <laughs> Skynet. <laughs> Fucking
1: Skynet, uh, <laughs> right? Uh, you're right. <laughs> it's like headed that way. <laughs>
0: a T eight hundred came to my door, and said,
1: "I'm of the metaverse. Get down, yeah. the <laughs> Um, in the words and ends, you heard.
0: <laughs> com. But we we check our like, you know, we we're, we we check our DMs on AD Empire. Yeah.
1: Uh, you could go to uh,
0: even there. You could go to Gladiator Apparel. Uh, for all our 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 Gladiator hoodies and merch stuff. But everything's on pretty much AD Empire. Like our our Instagram is where you can really find all of our stuff. You know, in the bio, everything's kind of in there, and we're we always check DMs and stuff unless it's some cornball shit. Or, or or somebody right. telling you you can grow your you can
1: grow your fans by this much or, right. or trying to get you to to jump onto some weird you know right, right. Of, some shit like that
0: that's the stuff where we hit block but we're pretty open on all that stuff and yeah you know uh, come link with us up up uh, up on the socials for sure
1: yeah so this is AD Empire check out the record uh the new one is anthems and icons. I always, I always want to say that. I always want to say anthems and empires, um, Yeah anthems and icons. They have some earlier stuff. They have the record they did last year with Swifty, um, which I just had it up here. Uh, uh, what the hell is it called? Diamonds
0: for me is the is one of my favorites on that album. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know what? The name of that I, I give Swifty so much love for. He wanted to call
1: it Swifty McVeigh presents. 80 Empire. Like, nice. you know, man, y'all deserve to get your name. No, Swifty is a brother. Yeah. He's become a real, like, Swifty like, is a real Amelia. brother. But I want to say this story,
0: CJ, before you wrap up. Luke and I, though, we have a connection to Detroit, man. And I'll tell yeah. when our relatives first came from Italy, they went to Detroit. Nice. So we have cousins who grew up in Detroit. And then because our great uncle, because he had gone through World War II, then they ended up sending the kids to, like, to school in Montreal when they got older because he was worried that the same shit was going to happen. What happened in Italy and everyone going off to war and and, 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 and stuff. But like, so our roots started in like, you know, our first relatives on my, on my mom's side, came to this side of the world came to Detroit. And, and so we just have a connection to Detroit, man. I, yeah. you know, the world is starting to open up a little bit more. We, we really want to come to Detroit for Swifty's album,
1: and like knock out a bunch of videos for the Swifty uh, for the Swifty album. You oh know? man, that, that would be awesome! Like, you know, this is, again. You don't know, like, like I said. It's just there's so much talent in Detroit. Um, producer wise, I'll throw a name out, and I, I know you guys are familiar with this dude because he kind of does what you guys do. But another production producer, if you love Detroit hip hop, a name you should know is Apollo Brown. Apollo to me is probably the single most slept-on underrated producer. His shit is so nice, so flawlessly put together. For the same reasons that I mentioned, you guys, he you, he knows how to utilize a hook, a bridge. His ability to write a coherent song and it just not get old is is top notch, and it's reasons why. He's worked with so many great people like Locksmith and like Rahid, or Isaiah Rashad, I think is, is am I saying his name right? I think yeah, uh, yeah. so, so many people that um, Apollo has worked with that are respected uh, in the game, even though you don't really hear his name the way you hear like Premier and, and all of these other producers. Um, that's the reason I had to have you guys on there because... When I come across new music, like you guys, I have to promote it in any way possible. I look at it like if I turn one single person onto your music, then I've done my job because that one person will tell another person who will tell another person. And that's how you...
0: It is that powerful. Yeah. Thank you for saying that because people don't realize it, you know, like, again, like because of your kindness and then your, your love of music and that, like, look at Darius, Yeah. you know, Darius... You know, led you to, uh, like, and it's just like, really, it's five degrees, six degrees separation of Kevin Bacon. Right. But it really is, like, word of mouth is still the biggest form of advertising and it creates yeah. awareness for what we do. Cause Lucas and I, like, it's us, man. We have a partner, Will, but it's just like, you know, we're doing all the heavy lifting. So it's nice to get people like yourselves who appreciate good music and appreciate our crap and are able to spread the good word, man. We really, we really don't take that, um, you know, that, that means a lot to us and, and, and because it's the only way that we're able to exist, right?
1: Right. Exactly. exactly. So, um, this is Eddie Empire. We're going to wrap this up. We're going to put a nice little bow on this. And then you're going to, as soon as you're done listening, you're going to go check out the record and uh, let your neighbors listen to it, uh, whether they want to or not. <laughs> and with that said, um, with that said, We are out of here.